0: Hi there, I'm James Dappache, and this is Coffee and a Case Note. Team, today we're gonna find ourselves talking about a deal entered into in 2001. And that deal was entered into by a number of shareholders. And each of those shareholders was themselves a company And each of those shareholder companies were themselves freight services providers. They drove trucks around and all that sort of thing. And the reason that they entered into an agreement together was in order for this new entity that they all agreed to found together to provide services to a big client. And one of the disputes we're going to be dealing with today is the fact that in 2001, when everyone came together to make this deal, um, they all decided that they were going to provide these services. And then in 2012, things changed. And what we're going to get into today is the complaints made by the plaintiffs about the effect of these 2012 changes and whether the 2012 changes were in fact a breach of that 2001 agreement or in the alternative, whether they were a breach of some of the fiduciary obligations arising between the parties from that 2001 agreement, forgive me. What was this all about? So, in 2001, we have these freight services providers who come together and each of the companies themselves enter into this arrangement and as you might expect uh, in businesses of this kind, each of those companies is essentially the corporate uh, face of various individuals, and so those individuals each uh, became directors, or many of them became directors of the new company founded in 2001. Now, the way this new company, NUCO, we might call it, uh, does its work, is that NUCO provides services to the big client. And the way NUCO provides those services is that each of uh, NUCO's shareholders, each of these individual companies, provides trucks. And in respect of each uh, freight services shareholder, each of these companies, they figure out how many trucks were provided and they invoice NUCO for that amount. While the big client pays the money to NUCO, NUCO then pays out all of the money it has been paid. So NUCO ends with zero dollars in the bank. And the point of that exercise is for the big client to enter into an agreement with just one entity, for that entity to do the work via its shareholders doing the work, and for that money to then be funneled out to those shareholders. Now, things bubble along okay in that 2001 through to 2012 period, although we do have a shareholder leave in about 2003 and there's a little bump there. But as things progress, there's a bit of a dispute that starts to rear its head, and the nature of that dispute essentially is parties related to our plaintiffs today complaining that the allocation of work to our freight services shareholders is unfair, meaning that the amount of money that these various shareholders are able to take from this arrangement with the big client is a little bit unfair in and of itself. Now things bubble to a head, and there is a meeting in 2012 And after that 2012 meeting, there is a newer company, newer co, (laughs) that is incorporated. And that newer company is incorporated without the plaintiffs for today being involved at all in any way. Now, the challenge of this that uh, the plaintiffs raise is they say the other parties, by creating newer co in 2012, in order for newer co to go and do the big client's work, have either or both breached this 2001 agreement that we all entered into together, or in the alternative, they've breached the fiduciary obligations that relate to that agreement. That's fabulous. Now I'm on holiday if you can't tell. Um, Now the most important part for us to consider today is, were the plaintiffs successful in this argument? Now. One of the things the court does here, and with the greatest respect must do, is go finally through the evidence. And there are really, really serious disputes about which witnesses are to be believed, uh, which witness is credible, and which witness is giving the court the most useful and accurate evidence about what happened in 2012. Now there are paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of arguments about this in the judgment, and we're not going to go into those here but what uh, those paragraphs reflect and what I'd invite you to take from them is that there's a real serious disagreement about what was agreed and what happened in 2012. Now, the short point to give away the ending today is the plaintiffs lose and they lose on every single element of the claim. So let's go through on why they've lost. One of the reasons they lose is they fail to show that the natural persons, the real flesh and blood people, were part parties to the 2001 agreement. So there's no real claim from the 2000 agreement against these real flesh and blood people. The second thing they fail to show is that the companies, each of which was indeed a party to the 2001 agreement, are not in partnership. And the reason they're not in partnership um, is because when you're attempting to decide whether a certain arrangement is a partnership or not, you must go to the real commercial heart of what's going on. And here, what we learn is that NUCO was not incorporated for NUCO to create a profit. And a fundamental part of partnerships is to make a profit because remember newco was incorporated not for itself to make a profit but for each of the shareholders to get a nice juicy distribution of whatever money newco earned and so uh, the partnership argument falls away now the fiduciary obligations argument which is to say um, the allegation that the 2001 arrangement somehow uh, caused the plaintiffs to benefit from or be unusually uh, exposed to risk on account of the defendants starting up Neweco also fails because the court says, frankly, that there's no relevant basis for those fiduciary duties to arise, which means if there are no duties there, there can't be a breach of those duties. And so the court takes some comfort after working through the evidence, which with the greatest of respect does not reflect especially well on the plaintiffs or their credibility, uh, takes some comfort in saying, plaintiffs, you may be disappointed by the 2012 arrangement that saw your fellow 2001 contract partners, uh, and I use the term partners very loosely in that sentence, not in the technical sense, enter into a new arrangement, Uh, but sadly uh, for you and happily for them, there is no basis for your claim that there was a partnership for any other sort of damages or for the breach of a fiduciary duty. And I hope that note assisted you, and I look forward to joining you again soon for another coffee, And another case note, cheers.